Welcome, welcome. We are here today with my business partner, Courtney Moeller. We are Ladies Kicking Assets, and we have an amazing guest with us today, Minister Ethel Rucker, straight out of California. She has such a powerful story. And before we dive in, I want to just cover some housekeeping issues. The nuggets that we're going to share today are educational nuggets. We just ask that you apply them in your life, wherever that fits. We certainly suggest strongly that you seek guidance from your CPA, legal counsel, and mentors in your life for what you hear and how you apply that. We are not experts. We're just simply sharing information. And so today we have the privilege of visiting with Ethel. And we were chatting before this that this is not real estate driven. This is not passive income driven. This is what feeds your soul. And so that really is the essence of what moves the needle for you. So I am thrilled beyond measure to have Ethel share with us her story. So welcome, Ethel. Thank you for having me. Thank you, ladies. I hate being here. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm excited for our chat. I, I, I know. I know. We've met and, you know, chatted a lot on social media and through Kyle Wilson's group, but I've yeah. never had the honor of actually speaking to you. So I'm super excited to hear your story. And Robin has just been raving about you for this last week. Oh. I, I, I told Courtney, I said, honestly, Courtney, I woke up and you were on my heart. You were, you know, out of the blue. And I would just said, I've got to reach out to you. And so um, thank you for saying yes to our podcast today. Um, I have read your story in this amazing book that you've wrote, and I know you're going to talk about this and, and how our viewers. What is it called? Up. What is the book called? I'm going to let Ethel tell it. You go. Okay. Go. It's called From Misery to Marital Bliss. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yes. And this little booklet was actually 30 years in this little booklet with 10 principles that revolutionize our relationship because the first three years were miserable. <laughs> we were bobbing and weaving. We didn't know how to get along and we didn't we didn't know how to talk to each other. I didn't have respect for men. So there's a lot of things going on, you know, coming from a rejection based nature. And that's in the book as well. Um, mm -hmm. I had to learn how to love myself and then learn how to love him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, because we have all experienced, you know, we're trying to fix the other person. We spend all this time when really, if we turn it around and we work on fixing ourselves, the other pieces magically fall into place. It's not instant, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, powerful, really. It's interesting that you said that. Um, you know, I, I'm on my second marriage. My husband's amazing. My first marriage, there was a lot of abuse and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and I brought a lot of that into my current marriage and it took me a long time to figure out, um, I was looking at my husband to fix the things in, in me, you know, I was looking for him to make me happy. And it, it took me a long time to figure out that I had to get that worked out in myself and it wasn't his job nor his responsibility to make me happy. It was, that was on me. And it, it, it took a long time for me to figure that out. That's interesting. You would say that because that's always, it seems like we grew up. I know I did with this Cinderella, this savior, this person that's going to come and just rescue us on his white horse. Right. And that's what I thought as well. And so when my husband didn't measure up at the beginning, I was like, Oh, wait, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. Where are the roses? Where's the kiss? When I, when he comes home, 
None of that. And then when I got in my prayer time with God, these principles were birthed out of my prayer time with him. He began, he did a strange thing. He began to talk to me about me, your attitude, your disposition, your tone, your body language. Is this the proper time to even bring that issue up? But I had to learn to love me first. And I tell anybody that's listening, if you don't know how to love you, you can't give what you don't have. And you can't give from an empty place. I have to learn how to love me, honor me and respect me. And from that flow, God flowing into me, his love, then I could give it out to my husband and stop picking him apart. Mm. Wow. That is a really, really great. And so I just, you know, want to ask, um, you know, because it's, it's not normal, if you will, to have those epiphanies that you have to just love you work on you. And so did you learn that by nature of just spending time in God's word? Or did you have mentors? Or did you participate in programs such as Celebrate Recovery or other other educational, uh, Christian educational uh, programs uh-huh. to help sort of shift your thinking a little bit. Absolutely. I had all of that. I went to church when I was young by myself and my parents didn't go to church. So I was in the choir. So I, ve- I developed close friendships with the young ladies there. And we're still friends today, 40 something years. Plus, I still have some of those friendships. Wow. Also, I, I have I had five spiritual mothers because my mother, as you, if you read the story, put me out yeah. of her house at gunpoint. So I was kind of homeless for a little bit. <laughs> and she always told me I was ugly and I never was going to mount anything. I was never going to do anything and be successful and all that stuff. So all that was in, put, put in me by the person that I should have been able to trust and look up to. It should have been speaking life into me. So I gravitated to the mothers of the church, the women that I saw that looked like they had some success going on with their husbands and their children. And they embraced me. And they begin to love me from that place of brokenness. And then my time, like you said, with God, I begin to just um, recover, divulge, just eat it, eat it (laughs) up the word and find out in time and prayer with him who I really was. And he had me, I think it was Bob Berg that came on Kyle Wilson's Inner Circle once. And God even told me to take five by eight index cards and write the scriptures to say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in my image and my likeness. You are royalty. You're a diadem. You're somebody special. You're on my mind at the 24-7. And so as I begin to do that, all that ugliness, all that negativity was being rooted. All those seeds that were planted in me were being rooted up out of me. And so mm. I really do see myself. So I can be with the lowest of the lowest or the highest of the highest and knowing who I am in God. Yes. Really powerful. Um, it's amazing. Um, what kind of effect, you know, people that we love, um, their words and the the things that they say, how that can affect us mentally for a really, really long time. Um, it, that is something that I struggled with for a long time of really um, fixing, you know, some of those things in my head and, and really kind of shifting that. And it's some of that I still struggle with even today. Um, it's amazing the the impact that that kind of ugliness can have on you for a really, really long time. 
And it's funny, literally when I was going to pick up my son from football practice this morning, you know, sometimes it's easy to let some of those, that doubt and negativity creep back in. And I thought, nope, I'm going to go home. And, you know, I have a little makeup bag that says I am on it. And I I love it because every time I do my makeup in the morning, I get that out and I see it. And I just remember that, you know, I am strong. I am a child of God. I am loved. And and I have to remind myself of those things. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I have to to put that work in. It's not just instantly there. So, you know, there's some, there's, there's, you know, roller coasters of emotions. Some days it's, you know, everything's great and powerful and wonderful. And then some days I have to sit there and go, okay, all right, Courtney, we're, we're starting off on the wrong foot. I, I need to not let any of those negative thoughts creep in and just remind myself that I, I am loved. I am a child of God. I am amazing. Um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Yes, we all are. Yes. Oh, it makes my eyes water. We I all are all those things. Well, tears are healing, honey. So you just let them flow. Yes. It's 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 all good. You know, one of the principles in your book that I really want to chat about for a few minutes because it 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 impacts all women so strongly is uh, your principle one on submission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that word can bring a lot of negative connotation, but from a biblical sense, I mean, it is one of the holiest of words Mm -hmm. because out of that flows your relationship with the Lord, your husband, your family, your work, your ministry, your everything. And um, when you just kind of visit with us about that a little bit, um, Absolutely. I chuckled when I read it because I thought, oh, okay, here we go. Um, here we go. My little notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you just said, most when we, when, the church, I truly believe, has taught it incorrectly. And I believe that's why women cringe, because if you read it, it talks about mutual submission in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And God meant for us to mutually submit. Submission is just coming under the order, bringing order into like chaos and things like that. So if the man is submitted to God and we're under him, it's for protection. It's for covering. It's never to beat us down, never to make us be a doormat. We're not worthy. We're both valuable. We, My husband and I teach that oneness principle, which you don't hear a lot about in the Bible either, is because God, he said the two shall become one. Mm -hmm. So that's taking take a submission, a give and a take, a compromise, a yielding on both parts. And so when I learned that and God said, Ethel, you are very important in this relationship. You're not a doormat. I need you to speak when you need to speak. I need you to confront issues. That doesn't mean you jerk your head and get all loud and disrespectful, but there's times to confront. There's times to pray. There's times to do these different things, to build up and say things. There's a time to be quiet. There's a time to fast. And I read this book he brought across because when you're seeking knowledge and truth, he's going to give it to you. Um, It was called The Art of Submission by Bunny Wilson. And it talked about the red light, the yellow light, and the green light and what they all signify. Red means stop, of course. Yellow means yield. And green means go. When I got that concept, then I was able to understand God meant it for us to mutually submit in a relationship. We wouldn't be married almost 40 years to in December. It'll be 40 years. If I didn't learn how to have that principle correctly in my life that it was mutual. And my husband, he he understood too. He wasn't to lord over me. He wasn't to just Ethel's mindless and she's not important in this relationship. No, she's valuable too. 
And I, she has something to say. I can listen to her. God speaks to her. And then we can yield for the good of the whole to move the relationship forward. And that's what, what we learn. And that's what we teach. And that's what we live by. And we are best friends, partners, lovers, all of that ministry work. And it's because we both learn to submit. He submits to God. I submit to God. And we submit to each other. So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps. Yeah, I I think the issue is there's like negative connotations associated with the word submission. Um, And I think that's where the the issue is, is we really need to kind of take a step back and learn what submitting to each other means that it's it's not a negative thing where that person's dominating over our lives and we don't have a say so and we're just giving in to everything they tell us because I, th- I think that's what we are we're taught and when I you know initially think of that word that is you know I think of this dominating you know person but it's really where you've got to kind of you know get educated and break that down and I'm I've not I have not read this book but I I'm definitely going to check it out <laughs> Exactly. Because that my skin crawled when he first said it. When I heard that, I was like, what? I got to do what? Right. <laughs> but then when I understood it, as God gave me understanding, like you said, that's not what I meant at all. You're powerful. He's powerful. You have to submit one to another. That's how it's going to work. And you're right. That's why I say the church got it wrong. They made the women feel like that they were not important, that they're still not redeemed, that Jesus didn't you know, do anything. And he did. He placed us right back in like he did in, in the garden together. And he said, let them, let them, let them have dominion. Let them. That means together. together. <laughs> right. And when we understand that, then we move together in that. And I, my husband has strengths. I, and then there's weaknesses. And so we can't complete complement each other. It's not that competition is no, that power struggle. We had it in the first three years, but as we learn, there's a mutual submission and a mutual respect and honor. So hopefully that helps. It does. It does. You know, because um, you mentioned something that was very key was um, chaos Uh, with submission you eliminate the chaos. And when you realize that your life is like so out of control, you have to submit to the Lord first and foremost, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what does that mean? What does that look like? And each one of our lives is so very different, you know, and what is the Lord teaching us through this? Um, I would love to say, I wish that it had only taken Brett and I three years to figure out the magic Um but sadly, we well, let me say this. We'll, we've been married 30 years, um, but it took us a long time to get to here. It's and tough. It's, 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 it's hard. hard. You know, you, it is because you walk through, it's easier to get divorced. You walk through some really, really hard stuff. Um, and I'm not saying there's not a place for divorce. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But sometimes it's easier to walk away from all the yuck, um, you have to start somewhere. And so um, just in my own personal, you know, journey, let me just say that. Um, But it is beautiful on the other side. It is beautiful on the other side. Um, And just the honor and respect that you can have for someone else who, you know, has not been perfect, you know, and just kind of recognizing that you talk to, you know, about temperament and mm-hmm. respect and honor, or honor, you know, just critical points, you know, in your book. And um, I've not read this book that you mentioned in here under temperament, a spirit controlled life by Tim LaHaye. I really want to read that. Um, 
I just tell me some nuggets that you pulled out of that for yourself because you you mentioned it here. Oh yeah. Well, in that book, we learned that there's you know they have four different temperaments, yes. and then some people call them different things. But in his particular book, he talked about phlegmatic, melancholy, and all those kind of different temperaments and choleric, which is more like a dominating take charge person. So yeah, I did a sanguine, which is a life of the party where my husband, and I identify he's more melancholy and then I'm um, phlegmatic. So I'm kind of laid back. I'm like, it's all right. Everything will be good. We're good. I'm cool. Right. And he's like, no, <laughs> Military. that is how my husband and I are too. I'm like, it's all good. We'll figure it out. And he stresses a little more. And <laughs> And when we learned that, see, because he was trying to fix me, he thought I was broken. And I thought he was broken, right? Because you're looking at that and saying, what's wrong with that person? But when we learned that was the way they were wired from Mm. what God sent them here to do, then it took all of that out because he was trying to fix me and I was trying to fix him, but it was our temperaments. And then when you understood, and it it talks about, when you read the book, it talks about the strengths and the weaknesses. So you can identify that person's just not trying to get on your nerves. They're just not trying to just ruin your day. That's just who they are. Because he's very methodical. If you go on my side of the closet, you want to close the door. <laughs> but his side of the closet. And you know where everything is. <laughs> and so, don't, don't move my mess. Right. But you yeah. see, that can drive each other crazy if you think that that is supposed to be like that for you. If you don't know your mate's temperament, your children, it helped us with our children. We identified their different temperaments. So then we did discipline them differently. And so mm-hmm. it helps it with employers, employees, once you identify the temperament of the person and, and stop trying to make them something that they're not. That's yeah. how they are wired. So yeah. when we get that and it's like, oh, okay, it just made life a whole lot easier. A lot of our fights stopped when we understood that's just her temperament, that's just his temperament. And that's what we learned from Tim. Hey, it's a really good book. I encourage anybody to yes. get it. And it what costs- is that one called? It's called The The Spirit-Controlled Temperaments by Tim LaHaye. It's an older book, but I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or Kindle. All right, I've got a heck of a list. And somewhere within here, uh, I underlined it, but I think it was really powerful. It was just a good reminder to me. You know, we have these things that, you know, we want to bring up and discuss, but our partner may not be in a position and postured right to hear and receive. They might hear us, but they're not receiving it. Two different things. Um, And it can put them on the defensive in a, um, you called it uh, like a a position of, um, oh my gosh, let me find it. But it was, it was the example of the lion. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking. You wrote it, but you know it puts them in a in a position of um. What did you call? Explain that, man. That was good. Thank you. That was a whole. Yeah. I was sitting on the couch with my husband, and um, God will get answers to us if we really have an open heart, and He'll teach us any way that we're open to receive. And I tell people you can learn from anybody, any child, anybody. So um, I was sitting on the couch, and the lioness was the lion was sitting with the, the cubs and they're in their little pride. And she kind of goes around like mm-hmm, around him. And she got up in his space, his yeah. face. Yeah. And, and when I saw that, the Lord said, when you do that to your husband, he no longer sees you as his friend, his ally, 
gentle, meek, his companion. He now views you as a threat. Mm. And every man is going to defend their manhood. <laughs> no. Yes. Like, oh, he took a, the Discovery Channel <laughs> to teach yes. me. That is how he sees you. So now the fight is on. So you need to stop, in essence, doing that, being disrespectful. He also taught me this, too. He said, when I was having a challenge learning to respect men because I didn't have role models, my father left. So he said, you go to your job and you don't do your boss. You don't talk to your boss loudly and disrespectful. You honor him. So if you can't even honor him right now because of the growth and things you need to see, the changes he needs to make to earn that respect, you still can respect the position that he holds. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, God. <laughs> so I learned to respect the position until my husband, as he continued to grow, came into a place. I respect him highly now. So there's a lot of brokenness in his life that he had to overcome too. But I had to still respect that position that he held, even in the man in the position at the time, wasn't you know honorable at the time because he was growing. Mm -hmm. But God taught me. So I began to take off his shoes when he came home and humble myself, Lord, and do things that I my, my nature, my natural nature probably didn't want to do. But because yeah. I was looking at the position, I started operating from that. And I but tell you, the Bible said the heart of the king is in his hand. He'll turn it. He'll begin to turn. He began to soften. He began open to listen and more receptive to what I had to say and things like that. Wow. So good. Well, um, I, I want to flip back to before you got married and you met Donald, you were, and you use the word manifest. Mm -hmm. And so many people use that word. So, um, carelessly mm -hmm. these days, you know, and, and, and I'm just going to be bold and say that, you know, if we just think about something, we're not going to like manifest something. It requires more than that. And so you talked about going through, um, being faithful mm -hmm. to ushering in a husband uh -huh. and what you did. Uh -huh. And so when I read that and you read the word manifest, it takes on a completely different connotation you know, and so I really appreciated how you put that in there. So you want to speak to that? Because I think so many people, we have goals. We have all of these things that we work on, um, you know, and it's a lot of personal work. And so as we surround ourselves and we behave and act differently and we put ourselves in the room with different folks, we are ushering in desires of our heart and how you ushered in a husband was pretty cool. <laughs> it really was. And yeah. again, that relationship with the Lord, I tell people it's not about a religion. It really is about a relationship with the living God that has answers and solutions for all of our lives. And I was spending time with him and he said, well, you want a husband? And he began to give me the plan because according to Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future, hope and expected it. So my time with him, and I took it literally when Adam met with God in the, at the, in the eve of the day, I mm -hmm. would carved out a time in the morning 
And I still do that today. And in the evening, I meet with him. And like, um, who has the book that says two chairs? Bob Odin. So I've been practicing the two chairs principle for years <laughs> and spending time with God. And so he gives you something to do. Faith without action. Faith without work is dead. So he said, okay, take yourself off the dating scene. Because I had suitors. They were all coming from every direction. Mm -hmm. But take yourself out the market and if you were married, would your husband allow you to go out with other men? No. So then line yourself up with what you say you believe. That took a lot because I was young, right? I'm 24. I got married at 25. So I was younger, right? And so, okay, Lord. And I did that. Then he said, now go to the door every day, gave me a plan of action and welcome him in. And I would open the door. My sister was staying with me. She thought I had lost it, but I'm like, this <laughs> So I would go to the door. Come on in, honey. How was your day? Let me take your briefcase. Put your feet up. Your dinner's on the table. Your bath water's ran. I would go through that motion for two years. Oh, my gosh. Two years going to the door. And then one day when I was at church and I took my, man, my mind off of getting a husband and placing on, I say, the husband and begin to serve him, serve my pastor, work in the youth ministry and all that. He walked through the door and he walked through the door. I heard God and I tried to people, it's not spooky because he does talk. <laughs> and he said, that's your husband. And I was like, oh, God, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Bye. Anyway, and so, but, but God didn't just speak to me. He spoke to him too, which I always tell women because they try to go out and claim. So I'm like, no, mm -hmm. God, would, it would be a fear of God to tell me that that was my husband and not tell him who I was. <laughs> Right. Right. So he spoke to both of us and we knew. And so that's when we got married a year later and all that stuff. We only went on three dates because we heard God. Now, you know, that's a miracle in itself. I don't know the man. And God said, that's your husband. Talk about arranged marriages. But that's what he did. That's the Jewish. We serve a Jewish God. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but I, you can trust them at that level. And I could, I had to build a relationship with him to be able to trust him and to hear him, to know that he had Daddy God, Abba, Father, had my best interest at heart. So I did that. But it took two years to manifest him, to bring that word to fruition. But I'm grateful and I'm thankful. Mm, amazing. <laughs> well, I thought it interesting, too, in, in where you talk about um, Donald heard the Lord and identified who you were, but he decided that that wasn't going to happen at that appointed time. And uh, he dated some other women. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. You know? And isn't it something how we will all hear the word of the Lord in um, a direction and we kind of question it and kind of go, you know, are you sure? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing or changing or taking out of my life or adding in? Uh, and it takes a little bit of um, further confirmation for us all when oftentimes we should just trust that still small voice, you know, I'm always praying for discernment and I, you know, I'm always telling God, okay, Lord, I know he has a special two by four that he has to be like, okay, I've said this 10 times and he has a name on it and Robin's name on it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause I sit there and my problem is I pick everything apart. I'm like, was that God telling me to do that? Was that the devil telling me like, where did that message come from? Am I hearing that from, you know, I just sit there and 
overthink everything to death and I pick it apart. And then I'm like, was it coming from, you know, where, where was that coming from? Was that God, you know, anyway, so that is the struggles that I have. So I'm always praying for God to give me clarity and discernment and to help me hear his words because I, I struggle with that. And I I think a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what you said, um, Robin, was the confirmation, because even though I had been walking with the Lord for some years and I learned to discern his voice, I still wanted to be sure because I said in my, I just don't want a divorce. I don't for me. I want to be an example so others can see what it looks like when God will take a broken man and a broken woman and they'll yield to him, submit to his way of doing things. And we can be example to other marriages and those who expire to be married. So I did go to my spiritual leadership and authority. And I went on a fast and on that fast, God showed me my ring finger glowing and he gave me a scripture, which Isaiah 41 says, because you have delighted in me, that's key, because you have delighted in me, I'm Mm -hmm. giving you the desires of your heart and you shall be married. So I had three confirmations. I wasn't, I I didn't want to make any mistakes. So (laughs) I, you said about the confirmations, but I was willing to wait as fine as he was. As amazing as I thought he still wasn't enough for me, I did not want to miss God. So I hear you, Courtney, on the discernment and being sure. Hey, so what is this fast? What does that look like? I mean, what? tell me about that. Well, fasting is just time that you take away to pull away from the TV, the radio, your our social medias and things like that. And Isaiah 58, you can read more about it. But it's just a time that we really want to just uh, deny our flesh because our flesh is alive, talking louder than the spirit of God. A lot of times you said he's speaks in a still small voice. And so if we loud, we're hearing everything else. We can't hear him. So when we fast, it could be an hour. It could be depending on what you decide. And you're just going to take that time, move away from everything and get along with God. I used to usually not eat anything. There's times when I went on seven day fast, 14 day fast, 21 days in my younger, younger days. And when I was single (laughs) and I could just (laughs) spend all that time (laughs) with the Lord. Right. So that's what it is. Is he, and he, usually encourages you to do he'll lead you into to those fasting times because we need them to rejuvenate and sure. just clear just clear things out so that's all fasting is just being drawing closer to god mm-hmm. 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 well our time is drawing to a, 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 an end here but there was one more thing i i'd love for you to just kind of share about and courtney and i've talked about this a lot on many of our podcasts um you know, your sphere of influence and who you're hanging out with dictates where you're going and who you're becoming um, in many ways. And so you've mentioned you had a broken family, um, you had a low self-esteem, and you had really just surrounded yourself with um, spiritual mothers, godly influence from a number of different areas. But would you just speak to that a little bit? So, because it really is applicable in any business line that we're in. Um, and sometimes you have to change the circles that you're in that you think are the right circles and spheres of influence. Um, so it is so important. The Bible talks about, um, in other words, who you associate with helps to shape and influence your character, whether positive or negative. And I believe the Bible is the best personal development book there is and because it's always talking about us and changing us and making us better. And so from that place, I've always been a person that wanted to grow and change and Every day, still till we leave this planet, we should be growing. And so I just ended up because I'm pursuing 
knowledge, growth, development, becoming a better person than I was yesterday, a better version of myself, ended up in Kyle Wilson's group. And it's just like how I believe God, because he orders our steps and we're pursuing, he brings divine connections into our life. Yeah. And so that's kind of what has happened for me. I, I look around today and I said, how did I get here? <laughs> because it wasn't like I just thought after him. It was just being, I was invited to a mastermind down in where I live in Orange County. And it was say millionaire mindset. Well, I've been calling my, myself a millionaire since I was young. I'm still calling mm-hmm. myself a millionaire. <laughs> so I need to go right where millionaires are. And I go by myself. I'm like, I'll go. I don't need a whole bunch to do that. I'll go. And I've done that. Just put myself in places to learn, to grow, to continue to challenge myself to be a better person. So I believe it's because of who your thirst is, your quest. If you want to grow and develop and mature and change, you're going to, like you said, some friendships are going to have to end. You're going to find yourself in places like, wow. These people have like mind. We think we have same values, core beliefs and things like that. I'm very true. Like I love Kyle. I tell, I tell God, he's so authentic, so real, so down to earth. And that's who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And so I end up where we attract, they say, who we are. And mm-hmm. that's how that happens, I believe. And they're very important. Well, I, I certainly will absolutely give Kyle a giant shout out. I, I love his group because it is a potpourri of... Um, yeah, it's so diverse and it's not like we're all doing the same thing. Um, but the essence of um, truth and transparency, if you will, is what I think weaves that group together so beautifully. And he does such a great job of orchestrating the eclectic uh, minds that come together. And so I just... I really appreciate him more and more as time passes and um, the moments I've reached out to him and how he's just sort of had clarity with navigating uh, different challenges. And we probably each have experienced that with him. So I, I love that mastermind that we're all in. That's what has us connected is, is that group. And so that's amazing. Well, Ethel, I could talk to you for hours and I know Courtney and I would, you know, love to be able to reach out to you again. And um, you are just such a special gift. And I really want you to share with our listeners and our viewers on how they can connect with you and how they can obtain your book and any other resources that you have. We didn't even talk about your ministry with um, a CDC, you know, talk about those things and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Okay, well, um, CDC is our organization, it's Christian Development Center, where we feed, we clothe, we we actually take care of the whole man, spirit, mm-hmm. body, and soul. That's how we believe God wants every aspect of the man taken care of. So we've been doing that for 24 years. Mm-hmm. Um, then this book, I was in with Kyle Wilson, but you guys can get that on Amazon, Purpose, Passion, and Profit. I wrote a chapter in that about healthy conflict and resolution because you're going to have it. Then Kyle blessed my husband to be in this book. We all know the Next Level of Your Life book. Yes. So chapter in there about his side of how we got together. Yes. It's really good. And then this one, I said, I would give to the audience. If you really would like this book, just go to our website. It's called From Misery to Marital Bliss. 10 principles that God gave us that revolutionize our relationship and it apply to any relationship, I believe. And you can go to www.christiandevelopmentcenter.org and you can find us there and you can reach out and say you like the book and we will mail it out to you. We're also on um, 
IG is Develop My Christian. And then we have Facebook. You can follow us there on Facebook, Christian Development Center. Ethel Rucker's on there. And then we have a new website that we develop for those that Kyle asked me to develop for those that just want to become partners or whatever to the ministry. It's called loveisaction.co. <laughs> loveisaction.co. And that's for those that were like partner. They can't be there, but they, I can help and support what you're doing. And we love that. So thank you so much for having me, ladies. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's been powerful. Really appreciate you. Powerful. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank so, you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. I love your, I love ladies kicking assets. <laughs> it's all kinds of assets. I well, love it. you know what? A strong marriage is a powerful asset. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, I actually like that. You know what? I think I'm going to use that as the title of this episode. You need to. That's yes. really good. Write that down. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Okay. So thank you, our amazing listeners and viewers. We are signing off with Ethel Rucker and Courtney and I just appreciate you. We ask that you would just share our message and um, like us out there in the social media world. Thank you.